Welcome to the latest in our Aberdeen Closed End Fund podcast series. I'm Dan Buchanan with Aberdeen, and today we are focusing on Japanese equities with a head of equities in Japan, deputy head of equities Asia Pacific, and portfolio manager of the Aberdeen Japan Equity Fund, ticker JEQ, Kwok Churn Welcome, Churn. Hello, thank you for inviting me. Thank you for joining us from Singapore. Churn, could you give us a quick run up of how the year has tracked so far for Japanese equities? Well, it's been a tough year for all global markets, and Japan is not an exception. So if you look at the topics index, it's down about 4.5%, but that's in local currency terms. So if you're, if you're speaking to uh, US-based investors and you're looking at you know, the market in US dollar terms, the topic is down about 15%. So as you can see, the yen has been a factor in this, and Japan, from a macro standpoint, has been an anomaly retaining loose monetary and fiscal policies in light of uh, lower inflation numbers. So if you look at inflation numbers in Japan, it's just over 2% compared to uh, you know, high single digit in many other places in the world. And also you know, the loose monetary and fiscal policies are also a reflection of the fragile recovery from COVID-19. Okay. Now that said, one other point that's important to keep in mind you know, with this, the performance of the index is that within the index, there's been a rotation in the market that has favored beneficiaries of inflation, such as interest rate sensitive stocks, those types of commodities. Um, these types of companies have done better, you know, their financials, large financial companies, trading companies, and which tend to trade at lower valuations and which constitute what is termed in the market as value stocks. On the flip side, better quality companies and companies that are growing have been hit hard. So I think the last thing that I would add here is that it's worth adding that Japan, or when we look across most major markets in the world, Japan's rotation has probably been the most extreme amongst you know, the major developed markets or even you know, major markets across the world. And Churn, you talked about the marketplace and particularly uh, fiscal and monetary loosening. Could you talk a little more about that and maybe dovetail that with where you see opportunities for JEQ? Okay, with um, monetary and fiscal policies in Japan, now the Bank of Japan has um, decided and has reiterated the fact that they will keep rates low. And on the fiscal side, the government has proposed a fiscal stimulus package, right? That's quite unlike the rest of the world where we see quantitative tightening or raising of rates and also governments trying to pull back on stimulus, fiscal stimulus plans um, to try to arrest the impact of inflation. So, so Japan is quite an anomaly in this, in this aspect. And if you take a step back, you know, what, what are policymakers trying to do here? Most of the policymakers uh, are suggesting that this is probably um, one of the few chances um, that Japan has to escape deflation, right? So for the rest of the world, inflation has been an issue or has been persistent, you know, whether it's low or high um, over the last many years. Um, Japan has gone through a long period of deflation or incredibly low inflation. And the impact of inflation um, or maintaining loose policies is to encourage some inflation and also to encourage companies, you know, perhaps to uh, start raising wages for employees so that then you have that virtuous cycle. 
Now, how does that impact what we're doing and what, what opportunities we, we, we see? Now, I mentioned the rotation, right? So, so what's happening within this rotation is that good companies have been sold off as a result of the rotation, despite fundamentals being sound. What we are also looking at are companies that may have had some short-term issue. So, so I'll give you two examples. So one example is uh, of a company that we've added to the portfolio. It's a healthcare company where the share price has weakened due to slower sales in China. Now, we believe that's an aberration and spending on healthcare in China um, should pick up over time. But then there's been a slowdown of sales and that gives us the opportunity, right, uh, when valuations become more attractive. Another one that I'll just point to is that an IT services company that we believe should benefit from continued spending on digitalization of businesses across Japan, but where the stock price, because of this rotation, has fallen to a more attractive valuation. Thank you, Churn. Let me switch gears for a moment and talk about ESG, factors that we look at as we assess uh, opportunities around the globe, around environment, social, and corporate governance. Can you talk a little bit about ESG and how the fund particularly has adopted that into its strategy? We believe we're well positioned um, in terms of ESG. First off, we reviewed the ESG credentials for companies when we are assessing their suitability for the portfolio, right? So we look at things like their boards, who's on the board, the independence of the board, you know, diversity on the board, the use of their capital, and the standards at which um, they disclose their environmental impact, you know, issues like that. And, and the focus here is really on materiality, you know, and how uh, material these issues are, you know, so uh, for the companies that we're looking at. Right. So, so obviously, you know, um, different companies who have different types of issues, different sectors who have different, um, different things to focus on. But we try to ensure that, you know, uh, the, the key issues, the material issues uh, are well understood. And what we also do is we use external data to also help us understand what others are thinking about, you know, the credentials of these companies. What's also important to, to mention in terms of what we do on ESG is that, you know, we also engage with companies to encourage them to adopt standards and practices that align with these principles, right? So when we speak to a lot of clients, you know, one thing that, um, that sticks out about Japan is that they are always concerned about governance. They're concerned about ESG. And Japan has not, at least for many years in the past, has not had a good track record in, in this area. Um, but that's improving. But we want to ensure that, you know, when we invest in Japan, that, you know, that these measures are robust because that, that we believe that that then helps to contain the risk and also help to generate uh, more superior returns. Great. Thank you, Chern. Uh, also switching gears once again, uh, JEQ, Japan Equity Fund by Aberdeen, is a closed-end fund vehicle. And I'm curious, from a portfolio manager's perspective, how does the closed-end fund structure help you to effectively manage a portfolio like Japanese equities? Now, there's several positive aspects to a, running a closed-end fund. So uh, we believe that, uh, most importantly, you know, it, it allows us to run an all-caps portfolio, which means that we can find opportunities across the market cap. And you know, at, at various points in time, small caps, which are less liquid, or where, but where research is poor, you know, um, can offer us you know, um, uh, quite interesting opportunities, and we are able to actually deploy capital wherever we find opportunities, essentially. But what this closed-end structure also allows us to do is to invest with a long-term horizon. 
right, long-term time horizon so that the value of these holdings can be fully realized. So running an all caps portfolio or sort of go anywhere type fund and having that long-term time horizon helps us in getting the value of these holdings to be fully realized. The last thing I would say about the close down fund is gearing. Now, running this uh, close down fund allows us to take on some leverage and that leverage allows us to then selectively invest in areas that we find more attractive as well, right? Uh, we're able to take gearing up if we find that the market is looking or parts of the market are looking you know, more attractive. Of course, we are aware that you know, leverage is a double-edged sword. So on, on the downside, you know, it, it exacerbates you know, uh, the decline, but on the upside, it also help, helps a little bit, right? So uh, we are aware of that, but the point here is you know, we want to use gearing um, effectively uh, to ensure that you know, we can generate a better outcome for our shareholders. And finally, Churn, uh, this has been a particularly volatile first half of the year. Uh, lots of things happening in the world. Um, how are you seeing the rest of the year of 2022 shaping up? Okay, uh, well, difficult question. Well, the headwinds in the market are obviously inflation and, and a possible recession, right? So, and of course, if you put both together, they're known collectively as stagflation. Right. So the overhang over the market now is when inflation will peak and how deep a recession could be. Right. So and there are some increasing signs that you know, things are really slowing down. You know, consumer spending, for instance, you know, um, uh, at least uh, across some pockets appear to be under a bit of stress. Right. But then on the flip side, you know, there are areas where we are a little bit more positive and we believe that, you know, um, this environment, when the market is going through um, a correction, uh, when the market is, um, is uncertain about the path ahead, can actually be quite an interesting time uh, to be investing because obviously valuations have fallen and uh, they're starting to be um, uh, you know, concerned about where the markets will go. Um, then that throws out opportunities. Right? So, so while uh, the rest of the year from a macro standpoint could be quite tricky, because we might see a continued slowdown, you know, in terms of uh, in, on, on some of these macroeconomic statistics, right? At the micro level, you know, we are we're starting to to look to sift through, you know, uh, the market to see where the where where we can uh, better position ourselves as we uh, go through this down cycle, and then you know um, start to uh, uh, position ourselves for uh, for the medium to longer term when the economy starts to stabilize. Thank you, Chern, for your insights today. And thank you in particular to our listeners for tuning in. You can find out more about Aberdeen Japan Equity Fund, ticker JEQ, at www.abrdnjeq.com. I'm Dan Buchanan with Aberdeen. Do look up for future episodes. This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is provided for informational purposes only and should not be considered as an offer, investment recommendation or solicitation to deal in any of the investments or products mentioned herein and does not constitute investment research. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Aberdeen. 
The companies discussed in this podcast have been selected for illustrative purposes only, or to demonstrate our investment management style and not as an investment recommendation or indication of their future performance. The value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, and investors may get back less than the amount invested. Past performance is not a guide to future returns, return projections, or estimates, and provide no guarantee of future results.